growth is a retention strategy. Like how yeah. can you how can you really hire people that want to kick ass and they come in, they kick ass for clients for three, four years, and then you're like, Well, I don't want to grow enough to create a new division or a new thing that you might be able to run. Like, you know, it kinda it, it, to me, growth is a retention strategy. Mastermind podcast, pointing the way for agencies going from 1 million to 10 million in revenue. And it is my pleasure to welcome Will Reynolds of Seer Interactive today. How you doing, Will? I'm doing pretty damn good. Awesome. I love it. Um, so this podcast is, we're, we're having people, um, agencies on with 1 million plus revenue, just because there's a lot of podcasts out there where, you know, the real, real micro business stuff where we're trying to, um, for people that are scaling, basically. Um, abundance mindset, a rising tide lifts all boats, and a lot of niche-focused agencies, and sharing as much value as possible. And uh, we were just talking, um, Seer doesn't necessarily have a specific niche, but you guys are large enough that you're able to basically have little pods or like groups of people that are really specialized and focused well. Yeah, we're big enough to do it. I don't know if we're doing it well yet. Uh, <laughs> the guy that runs our our search practice um, has been on us to get there uh, over the last few years. And now what we're starting to do is we're starting to use our, 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 our kind of big data team. We're starting to slice them up because they want to be able to look at insights across clients, across data. Like they want to be able to go, Oh, okay. I'm banking and finance slice. Let me see what's happening across Google, across mm -hmm. all these folks. Um, mm -hmm. So we're starting to live into it through our big data team now. I love it. And I am curious, just out the gate. So you have a pretty big agency. Um, I, I know it's a can feel sometimes like a glamour metric or something like that. But how many people are in the agency? I think we have 180 and 10 open roles, just, which is a pretty big deal. And it's probably going to be the bigger one of the bigger ones that I talk to in the next like 10 episodes. But did you set out to make an agency as big as you nope. did, or how did that kind of come about? Not at all. Uh, there are still people uh, who remember me saying this that are in the company. I used to say that we were never going to get over 10 people. <laughs> now, I always wanted to know my people really well. Like I wanted to, I, I know what it felt like to work at a company where you were a number. And I think I almost, I, I probably over indexed on it, but I, I literally would cap the growth of the business. So there were years where we, we, we did not grow nearly as much as we could have because I just said, Nope, I'm not going to be over 10 people. Mm. And w did you have other spots where you capped it? Like, cause I, like I capped, I had said seven and then I'm like, all right now, you know, 40 or whatever. Like, did you cap it a couple other times or have you just let it go at that point? You're like, oh, we'll see what this, ha what happens here. Well, you know, what's interesting is I had a mentor, uh, an advisor and he helped me to do some soul searching. And cause when you say that, when you say something like that, it comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And he saw a conflict in that. And what he said to me is he goes, all right, Will, well, when you get to, he's like, you keep like, like, he's like, you're addicted to talent. He's like, anytime you see a talented person, you're turning away so much business that you know there's enough business out there for you to take them. And he's like, I'm watching you go from 10 to 11 to 12, but you're still out there telling the company that you want to stay small. And he's like, that's a mixed signal. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And he's like, so why do you keep doing this? And I was like, oh my God, like, I love, 
at the end of you know us chatting a bunch of times i was like i love watching people grow and one of the ways for people to grow is for the company to grow and for them to get new challenges inside of the company otherwise you have people that might leave your company not because you're not a great place to be but maybe because there's no opportunities for growth and they're sick of doing the exact mm -hmm. same thing every day for the last seven or eight years. That's, that's good. No, that is certainly motivating to me too. And I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit about like, you know, I know there's challenges and feel free to share some of those too, but what's motivating about, you know, where you're at now compared to, you know, when you guys were half the size, is there something that you find kind of that, that gets you excited about the, the scaling and the size? sometimes it's the problems that we get to we get to solve and the companies we get to work for for you know you're like okay we need it to be of a certain size to be able to attract a company like this with this kind of a problem mm -hmm. um so that's always exciting um the other thing that's exciting about being the size and being profitable um is that we have a lot of runway to be able to innovate and that's you know, I get to figure out how to build the next new thing without having to be like, well, how am I going to cover payroll if I invest, you know, mm. half, half a million dollars in a massive set of in a data infrastructure project for SEER, you know? Um, so I think that, uh, you know, that, that being this size provides a certain amount of stability. Um, you know, no one client coming or going is going to rock our ship too much. Um, and it's just provided more opportunity for great team members, you know, like I just provides more and more opportunity for my team, um, which I find so much fun to watch somebody stay at SEER and grow at SEER because our growth continues to create new pockets for them, like new problems for them to go solve. Hmm. That's awesome. I like that mindset. It's, well, it's growth is a retention strategy. Like how yeah. can you, how can you really hire people that want to kick ass and they come in, they kick ass for clients for three, four years and then you're like, well, I don't want to grow enough to create a new division or a new thing that you might be able to run. Like, you know, it kind of, to me, growth is a retention strategy. That's good. I like that a lot. Um, so I think about um, fluff a lot, like, cause we're a smaller agency and I like, I, I vigorously cut out fluff. Like, you know what I mean? Like with, uh, I've seen, I've worked in another agency where I felt like you know, you get too many layers of management or something like that. How, I, I don't know if that, that matters because you have to have tier two, you know, you have to have different layers of management in a bigger company. How have you, how do you see fluff? And how do you, um, when you think about it, do you think of that as something where you're trying to keep it, you know, kind of keep fluff out and, or do you basically have to have middle management and how does that, um, how does that play into your mindset? Oh, uh, uh, tell me how you define fluff first. Yeah. Okay. Um, when I see, let's say, um, a company it's, it comes down to meetings too, like over meeting the too many meetings. Um, and then also like we've got some person telling some other person what to do when we probably should have just had the person that's un finally responsible for it be the point of contact. That's the hard part because I think eventually I'm going to have to figure out how to layer on some management and, and I don't currently. Yeah, no, I think it's just part of the thing. I have way too many fucking meetings. Like, it's yeah. just like, you know, you add in these layers, but you know, there was a time where I didn't have those layers. No, it's funny, man. Like nobody's happy with anything. Right. So <laughs> there was a time where I didn't have those layers in 
yeah. everybody was reporting into me and yeah. I started having people be like, dude, I wish I had a manager. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. like, cause you don't have the time. Yeah. Like you're trying to, to like meet with everybody and that's cool. And I appreciate meeting with the CEO, but if you're going to fire hose me in 15 minutes, that's all you have. Yeah. I'd rather have middle management yeah. who can actually spend an hour or two crafting out a problem that I have than this consistency mm. of like drive-bys with the CEO. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, we're like anybody else of our size. Like, you know, I, I know there's way too many fucking meetings and shit um, and the meeting before the meeting and all that shit. But <laughs> You know, it. I think it just is. It happens. It's, it happens. It's part I of. I just it. don't want it to be at like a forty-person company and us to have all that. You know, like you know what I mean. That makes sense. I feel like I, I really appreciate that. Like, I don't want to be, be firehosing people in fifteen minutes and stuff like that. That makes a ton of sense. They need somebody, and I just like you kind of just wonder like when's that point? When was the point for you where you had to layer that on? I've I've talked to other companies where they like got to sixty. They layered on management. I mean, like, this is like aspirational for me too right now. So I, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to even have to deal with this. But um, they layered on management at like 60. And then they didn't make the leap to 110 or something as far as people. Um, is there a spot you think in your mind? Like if you were a consultant, I mean, kind of using this as consulting. But <laughs> if you're consulting with somebody where this is where I would layer on like a, a layer of man um, management. Well, I think it depends also, you got to, it starts with you and you have to know where you get your energy. Yeah. And I love watching people grow, but I don't necessarily like, I get, I get the most of my energy when I am solving interesting problems uh, for a client. So, you know, you tend to work on the things that you enjoy the most. So then you have to know if you don't enjoy if you don't enjoy people management and I love watching people grow. So it's just part of me to just like spend time with my team and help them to grow. Um, but if that's not your bag, you probably want to move that up earlier in the process. Mm -hmm. But if you love that stuff, you can go longer than somebody else. Mm -hmm. For me, I think I started layering that shit in at like 35 ish people. It's mm -hmm. good. It's good. All right. So do you ever feel like this is totally just, I'm using you for therapy. Will please, please, uh, please advise. Do you ever feel like people uh, take you for granted as the owner and all the work you did to make this happen? So I think sometimes like, um, you know, owners get in this mind. I don't know. Half the time it's just like my whiny inner voice. And sometimes I'm like, damn, man, you guys don't realize the work that I did and the amount of sacrifice I'd have, I've had to make to like try to make this environment exist. Oh, man, I've had my heart broken Yeah, uh, a lot when I was especially when I was younger and I allowed people in for lack of a better yeah. word. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my bar to get to that level with me now is probably mm -hmm. a little bit higher than it was when I first started. Cause I was yeah. bending over backwards for people mm -hmm. who didn't really deserve it. So yeah, man, of course I feel that way, man. I, I, I hear people complain about all kinds of shit, you know, and, and you're like, yo, I just like gave your parents like 1500 bucks. Like, yeah. Like through our like loan, not, not a loan. It doesn't be paid back through our program. Yeah. Where it's like, and now you're shitting on the company. Like really like, really, yeah. but you know what you do? Here's what I've learned to do. Um, I will never let one asshole keep me from being the best person I can be for the other 179 people here. That's mm -hmm. how they win. Right. Those people who are in your ear complaining about shit all the time um, and telling you how bad your company is like, that usually sticks with us because it's negative. It's negative. So it sticks with us longer. And then you're going into other meetings with people 
who are happy with what's going on and you're bringing this baggage into those meetings because yeah. you let somebody else twist your head up. So I've learned to basically say, look, every night I got to put my head on the pillow and feel like I did everything I could to help everybody in the company. And if I, and if I didn't do that, then like shame on me. But if I feel at the end of the day, I did the best I could with the resources that I had to try to do the best that I could for everybody. Great. But you'll be, it's crazy. The things I've been asked, dude, somebody in our company asked for um, the equivalent of a three month of maternity leave. Cause they just got a dog like, Oh, I want, and you're like, and then they proceeded to compare that to someone else having a child. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God. So that's one of the great things about having layers between you and um and the team is like i have a people ops team they, they deal with that because i would just quit like if i heard that too much it would just be like this isn't worth it like come on man like you know and then it becomes like yeah. and then it just becomes one of those things a lot of people don't think past their nose so it's like all right if i did the thing you just asked me to do i had somebody recently they moved to another city and they were like well it's more expensive to live here i'm like yeah it's like i didn't tell you you had to move to that city yeah <laughs> like so yeah. why are you asking me for a raise like like and then you but and i think the thing is is that people don't always think of all the other stuff so you're like okay like if i do that for you and then somebody says i want to move to france well then is that not fair for me to tell them no but to have told you yes and then do i then if you move from this expensive part of philly and somebody moves like three neighborhoods over and yeah. it's cheaper then do i have to give them a fucking like pay differential too because yeah. they're living in a different part of the same city it's yeah. like come on dog you know like like think through what you just asked me to do and how that would feel if i did that at scale and yeah. i think sometimes people just don't think that far and it doesn't make them bad yeah. people they don't think the way that we think and that's okay it's our job to educate them on shit like that totally okay so this will be my hopefully my last like therapy question here will i really appreciate you you flying along with me how do you deal with burnout as a entrepreneur or how much do you experience that currently or you know how much you know like i do see that you know as stuff scales i get to choose a little bit more of what i do with my time which is cool i'm stoked about that like i'm very excited but i yeah, still yeah. hit this burnout thing and i is more related to the emotional aspects of the job like dealing with hard conversations with employees and and yeah. clients versus like the time like it's i'm like working less than two years ago i'm working like 10 hours less a week, a week or whatever, but it's those hard conversations. So how do you deal with that kind of emotional uh, burnout sometimes that happens when you have like three hard conversations in a week? I'm, I'm sure you have more than three, but. <laughs> I don't really have that many. I mean, one of the yeah, great, okay. things about grow, one things, great things about growing is, um, you know, and getting to a certain point is if you can get big enough, you then get to hire people who are much better at not internalizing that. Like Ooh, the founder. That's good. Will. So I'm like, man, like you couldn't pay me to be under a hundred people again, like, mm -hmm. because we're big enough to be able to add the, the management layer. Like some people are really good at hearing people out on things. Some people don't take things personally, mm. right? Like I'm taking it personally because it's my fucking money, man. Like I know I'm trying to do other shit. Whereas like, if you have somebody they can, that, that's not as emotionally attached to it, it's easier for them to coach somebody mm. on certain types of tough conversation that I don't even have to hear about it because it drains my energy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those conversations are tough. The one thing I've learned is when I'm having a tough conversation with somebody, I always lead in being like, this is going to be a tough conversation. Like if you have to let somebody go, like, you know, um, or if you've got to give really tough feedback, like I try really hard because my style is to avoid it. Like I like to avoid stuff. 
Um, so because that's my natural state, I'm constantly working against that natural state. And I'm saying like, no, 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 no. Let me open this conversation with Tim. Today's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a tough conversation, bro. And by opening it up like that, it keeps me from trying to do that tap dance for the first five minutes. Like, Oh, how are you doing? Like, yeah. nope, we're not going to talk about that today. Oh, today's gonna be tough. Anyways, like when, when you come in nice and then you have to be a hard ass. Yeah. You know, but I think well, we come in nice. Coach. I think we come in nice because we're nervous about giving yeah. people tough feedback. Yeah. Cause it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but broadly, I don't really experience burnout. Like it, it's weird. Like I just recorded a video and sent it to the team about like how I'm trying to improve my empathy around what burnout is like. Yeah. Because my brain has always been one that's been wired mm-hmm. to basically outwork everybody. Yeah. And like and like so for me, I've never hit that wall. I've hit walls before my career, trust me. But not one where like I felt burnt out and was like, I need like I've never needed, I've never in my life needed to take a break from yeah. work. Like never, like, uh, and I think that. I think I sense that from you too. I guess I, I, I was curious around that. Just, um, I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm blessed. Like I just have never run into that, but that awesome. also makes me a bad manager in the sense of, you know, like I don't have as much empathy for that. So therefore I need to learn about that more so that I can be a stronger advocate for my team members. That's good. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of add one question onto that then too. Um, yeah, sure. I think, you know, to that direction, I also, I'm not going to say I'd never experienced burnout. I do sometimes. Um, and certainly that's where that question comes from. But I am more naturally vo- motivated. Like, even when I'm burned out, I like actually like, I like pushing. It's fun for me. Like, I do like pushing. That's probably why I'm a business owner. It's, it's like, you see the, the, the benefits of your extra efforts in the most you know, acute way possible. And the benefits of the extra efforts... I, I try to show that to other people and, you know, Gary Vee has this thing where it's like, no one's going to work as hard as you stop, you know, stop thinking your employees are going to work as hard as you. Right. So I'm kind of wondering where you're on in the, that scale. Cause I've always been like up till now, which is like 12, 13 people, 13, um, con- one, one contractor that's full time. Um, I've pushed, I've pushed. So where is that? Where is that line, I guess? And this is a, maybe a rhetorical question because maybe none of us have the answer. I have no idea. But that line of when you're trying to push your people to be the best that they can be, some people like it. Some people like to be challenged. And then other people like are going to kind of withdraw a little bit when you push. Um, how do you deal with that difference in styles? Well, I think as a manager, it's my job. I mean, as part of the job, like don't be a manager if you're not willing to try to chameleon into being a different version of yourself for different people you work with, like different people have different needs. And if you can only work with your type of person, like, you know, if I could only work with a straight hustler uh, all the time, then I'm a pretty bad manager. Um, I'm also going to have a hard time recruiting. I'm going to also have a hard time retaining people. So early on, um, one of my advisors was like, well, you're going to burn people out. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this was one of the most, I got this one advisor, dude, he's writing a book right now. He's fucking gold. And, uh, cause everything I'm telling you that I've learned basically came from him. Do you feel comfortable sharing his name or the book? Not yet. Cause I don't want anybody hitting him up. Cause he's like, not really wanting to have people pinging him a lot. Uh, yeah. He actually is like, I don't want a lot of people being like, Oh, I heard that you were doing this thing. Um, but one of the things he said to me is he goes, "Will you don't think you're special. And he's like, as endearing as that is, 
Like, you know, you're, you're a humble guy. Like you don't go around thinking you're the shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, your humility is going to burn people out. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, so will at 24 years old or whatever, 22 years, 23, he's like, you were running a million dollar division of a company. I was doing search or whatever. Like at 23, you were doing that. And he's like, you believe that the only reason why you were doing that was because somebody gave you a chance. You didn't believe that it was because you had special skills and talents that other people didn't have. He's like, so what you do is you throw these ridiculously large challenges at very young people because at your, at, at that, at, at, at their age, you were running a million dollar thing. So for them to run a hundred thousand dollar thing to you is like, that should be easy. And that should be a great growth opportunity. And he's like, you're going to burn out a lot of young people because you can't, he's like, you've done a bad job of policing for yourself that you're mm-hmm. special. He's like, you're yeah. so humble about shit that like, that you don't think you have special skills. Mm-hmm. He's like, and if you don't think that, you think anybody could do what you've done. So therefore you give people these challenges way before they're ready to take them on. And he's like, and you're going to burn people out. That is, that is very, very insightful. I like that a lot. All right. So I've got, I've got uh, two more questions here. And if we have sure. anything else. Um, so having you know, likely systematized processes. Uh, why do you still seem, you kind of answered this a little bit, but you seem very involved as a practitioner and like a marketing, like craftsman kind of thing. You know, yeah. why do you love that so much? Why do you stick in that? Even though, you know, a lot of marketing agencies, the, the owner kind of ends up being face of company, but then kind of withdrawing from the experimental side of stuff sometimes. I want to hear a little bit about what drives you in that area. You haven't just become CEO and off into your corner. You, you seem to be still in the thick of the experimentation. Well, I'm fucking self-aware. You know, like I know that I enjoy sitting with clients and solving problems. Yeah. So I never listen to, you know, too many people listen to broad-based advice and they don't do this, the work on themselves to be self-aware about who they are. So, you know, you hear all that, like, you should work on the business instead of in the business. And like, that's a very common phrase. I was like, never. I'm like, I like working with clients and dealing with tough challenges and figuring them out together and solving those problems. So like last week, I I started um, AMing, like account managing two clients. Because also like, you think like, you know, the, the, the less client work you work on, the more your innovations don't really resonate with the market because you're not face to face with clients enough to truly hear their problems. You're hearing them filtered through other people. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working on a client directly, I get to hear problems that help me to innovate in context. Mm-hmm. I have found that being in my role and being too far from clients leads me to building innovative shit that the team is like, but that's never going to really work in the real world, bro. You know? So I love being close enough to a few clients um, always uh, so that I can keep my skills sharp and that I can use those clients' struggles and problems to constantly be that feedback loop of, okay, so now let me see if five other clients are having this problem. Because that could be something really cool to solve. They're saying no one else has solved for them this way. You know, that kind of stuff. That's beautiful. I love it. Okay, this one's the last one. Uh, sure. How have you led during intense social issues, uh, particularly, you know, the, the racial stuff that's been happening this, this year? Um, 
and you know you have different people on different sides i mean there is i'm sure we all have them on our team i, I think have different opinions on how it should be handled or things like that we had an agency in town that um they had a giant walkout because they you know they wouldn't say certain things on social media how do you deal with those different opinions and try to be empathetic to people this is the hardest question i'm gonna ask dude excuse me no man keep going keep finish it up i'm just curious um how how we navigate this with different people on our team that feel different ways about things i don't know like i'm lucky because i'm black so like with all that's going on in the world like my team gave me a little bit of like you know why aren't we putting shit out there and i'm like because i'm fucking black that's why like i don't need to put black lives matter on shit <laughs> right like i'm gonna go around and talk about like my life matters like yeah. you know it was like that's not what I'm doing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to double down on my commitment to black and brown people in my community. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't need, you know, like, you know, fuck these companies. Right. Yeah. They're putting this black lives matter shit out there for a day. But if you ask them, have you actually touched any black lives? No. <laughs> right. You go back to your same fucking cul-de-sac in the same place you live in your same comfortable shit, putting up your little black square. Like, why don't you actually go into the fucking hood <laughs> somewhere and work with some real fucking kids who need some fucking help? No, yeah. but it's, it's phony shit. So, yeah. you know, you're going to walk out like, like, you know, you're going to walk out on, on your, on your, on your company owner. Like that's your call to make. Like, I don't, I, I don't care, but like walking out is weak. Mm -hmm. Walking out is weak. Quit. Cause what you're saying is, Oh, today I, I don't, I don't like what you're doing enough. I want you to know it. It's like, well, you know, what's going to make them. Cause that, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do tomorrow? You're going to walk in those same doors and go work for that same motherfucker. Right. Yeah. So it's like, don't fucking tell me you did shit because you walked out for a day and then they made a, a, a Juneteenth holiday. Yeah. Like, like, that's nothing, right? It's, it's, it's pandering. It's yeah. like, go work with some real black and brown kids who need mentors and people to, 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 to help them and for people for them to, to talk to. Like, go put in the work. Otherwise, you know, it's just social media bullshit to keep your team happy so they think you're doing something. Obviously, you can tell I'm that feels real to me. I'm sorry, but yes, I, I'm one of those. We, we we put up the black square and we're trying to do this. Stuff. I mean, we did volunteer and whatever else, but um, certainly Make it part of your like you're challenged by that every day, different. every month. Like, you know, because when your black square isn't posted, I'm still black. When your black square yeah. is, you know, you did it one day, the next day, black people are still getting pulled over at disproportional rates and being treated like shit by the cops. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like. This is systemic racial issues and social justice issues that we have going on right now. They don't go away because one day you, you, you posted one thing. So, yeah. you know, my challenge to all my friends is like, yo, like that's a good start, but like, are you actually doing anything? Like, like I can, like yesterday in the middle of my work day, you know, I'm billed out at a whole lot of money. Like it doesn't make sense for me in the middle of my day to spend an hour and a half with like seven kids. I think uh, I spent yesterday with eight kids. Um, I think one or two might've been Hispanic. I, I can't tell, right? Um, but like the rest were black, uh, working with them on their businesses, right? Like how they can get started and blah, 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 blah. And like the, the messages I got back were insane. And that keeps me going, right? Oh, yeah. It keeps me going, you know? So it's like, and I got to look at myself. You know, mm -hmm. and, re and remember my, to myself, like, all right, well, if you're that angry about this stuff, then like you need to do something or otherwise you're just another person talking. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. And I don't mean to make you school me too much on this, but I do appreciate you sharing with it because it's obviously so, something that a lot of companies are trying to figure out and be, be more cognizant. Of. I wish more companies didn't say anything. Yeah. I wish more companies didn't say anything because they're not really like if it took, if it took George, now this is me, like this is just yeah. me, Go right? for it. Yeah. but it's like, if it took George Floyd and that video of George Floyd to make you realize something that you should have a voice in this, then what the fuck does that say about Eric Garner? Mm -hmm. What does that say about Sandra Bland? What does that say about Trayvon Martin? What does that say about Tamir Rice? Like all those people had video at them being fucked up by the cops and you went back to your fucking Instagram post about your vacation. And then all of a sudden, like you see this one, it's like, why now? And I'm glad it's now. And I'm glad that people are aware. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, I've been out there at the protests and shit. Like I've been thinking this shit's fucked up. I've been out there volunteering and trying to spend time with youth in my city. So my challenge to my team was like, don't post shit. I have 50 different opportunities for, for you to work with kids in our city. To make, to make things better and make real relationships with real people. You know, that's what I want is I want our team members to be like, I'm so pissed about what's going on in our society that I'm glad to work at a company that will let me leave in the middle of my workday to go volunteer with kids or to take time off to be a big brother in the middle of the workday. Like, that's what I want for my team to do because that's how we start to change things. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, if a team member, I'm like, thanks for the support on the Black Square, but like, man, next time I bring in a bunch of kids here for mentoring, like, I really hope that you're going to be involved with that because those kids need to see how to act in a, social, in a corporate setting. Maybe someday it'll inspire them to get a, a different type of job or whatever. So yeah, man, I'm pretty adamant about this because I felt bad. I had a lot of my friends who run agencies getting tore up by their fucking people around like saying that they weren't doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, it's crazy, bro. Like I literally had a friend who did a whole thing that he invited me to that I couldn't make it to um, a year and a half ago around uh, black folks in, um, in digital right? A year and a half ago. So this is way before all this shit. Mm -hmm. They paid for it. They flew people out. They had a conversation around diversity and digital. And then his team members were blowing him up after like they didn't say enough. I'm like, this guy's been putting in the work mm -hmm. well before you realized that racism was a thing still just because we had a black president. Like at some point, like this guy's been putting in the work. And it just was so personal to me, Tim, that so many of my friends who run agencies who are white, mostly men, um, how shit on some of them got by their teams. And I was like, but you're like really trying to do the, you're trying to help. I, I know these people have been trying to help and solve these problems. So I've been pretty fired up about that. Um, I've been pretty fired up about that. Cause I saw oh, a lot of really my friends get shit on yeah. by and their I, team I, members. Yeah. I, I hope you understand me trying to, I understand it's a little bit of like a, it's one of those conversations where I don't want you to have to like educate me or anything like no, that. But I that. do. That's also bullshit. That's okay, also please. bullshit. I can't say to that. you, yeah, I can't, the amount of fucking black folks right now saying like, well, I shouldn't have to be the person who yeah. educates you. It's like, well, then how the fuck are people who are trying to get educated going to get educated? Yeah. Like if I say you need to know more about whatever, here's a book. It's like, or maybe I should be willing to talk to you for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. So no, man, it's not like that at all for okay. me. Anytime I, I talk to, I, I've been talking to more white dudes. I talked to some white dude today. I talked to a white dude two days ago. And, uh, all the white dudes out there. Is what all said, the white dudes. Talk to me. <laughs> talk to me. Because I think if yeah. you're trying, yeah. if you're trying, then how can I turn my back on you? Like, yeah. and tell you that it's not my job to have to educate you. I, 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 I'm not saying it's my job to do it, but 
I'm more than willing to yeah. chat with anybody about uh, these topics. Because, man, a lot of people are trying to do good stuff. And the last thing you want to do is turn your back on them yeah. and have, be like, well, so what do we want you to do? Go back to the old way things were before? Like, no, I'm glad that you're aware of these things. And I want people to always feel comfortable hitting me up. Dude, I appreciate it. And what I will say is, uh, just lastly, just know you're, uh, it's one of those things with on social media and stuff like that. We don't always know everybody that's watching us all the time, right? You don't, people don't always like your thing or, or uh, share your thing, but there a lot, you might be making a positive impact in people's lives that you're not fully conscious of all the time. So I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for your empathetic leadership and the stuff you share on LinkedIn in particular. Um, our team watches you guys and just says like, look at that. That's an example of a, of a company that's really trying and doing things the right way. So I just want you to know that. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much, man. No, I appreciate it, brother. Um, anytime I can help or jump on another one of these chats, let me know. Thank you. And uh, this has been the Agency Growth Mastermind. And we are helping agencies uh, that are going from one to 10 million in revenue, sharing as much value as we possibly can. This has been Will Reynolds. Hey, is there anything uh, you'd like people to go check out of your stuff right now? Or um, No. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> but I got one tip for you. Yes, sir. I never let a client be more than 12% of my revenue. And Ooh, I said I that, that I said that before I was I, before I was even at a million. I said that. Ooh, and I think when you know hearing you talk about the one to ten, it yeah. saved my ass so many times. Mm. Because I never had a client who was so big that they could move the whole agency around or treat my people like shit. And then I had to just kind of eat that crow because they were such a big part of our business. And it's helped me to sleep easy a lot of nights, knowing that I don't have any one big client. And the few times we would land a big deal that would go over 12%, we almost wouldn't even celebrate it until we got them down below 12% by closing some other big deals. That's awesome. I love that very much. Is there any other final tidbits you'd offer to That's those it. guys going one to 10? That's, That's it? That's the only thing I could think of. All right, I love that very much. Have a good one, everyone.